You don't hang out with Jim? I don't hang out with Jim. Hmm. Fuck Jim. I'd like to propose a toast. Welcome to Wines and Dolls, a podcast where Chelsea and Emily wine and talk about musicals. Welcome. Wine is a double one time drop. Wow, what did Jim ever do to you? Made me sweat. Oh, okay. Well, so is the sun. Do you also fuck the sun? I don't, I don't fuck the sun. That would burn my hoochie-coochie. What about, what about the, the father? And the Holy Ghost? <laughs> I'm no, not about that, that was life. not what I was going for. <laughs> father, son, and Holy Ghost? It was going for just family members. <laughs> but I was, uh, yeah. I'd I mean, like, you like got... to propose a toast. <laughs> Hello. Obviously, Emily's feeling better now. Welcome to Wines and Dolls. A, a podcast. Sh- a show and we do stuff. <laughs> Next week's episode is going to be so much better than this one. This <laughs> one, so we're tired. It's nap time. We, we're we recording recorded, out of order. Yeah, we recorded <laughs> next week's first. Yeah. So there's a lot of part ones next week. So you're getting part two. <laughs> part two in advance. You just don't know it yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because if they're listening to backwards, then. Oh, it works in that it way. It works that way. You're welcome. Hey, Emily. Hey, Chelsea. What you drinking? I'm still working on this cold brew from next week. <laughs> Good job. I like this. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, still working on that. And I pulled my water bottle out because my mouth was a little bit on fire from my hot Her trinity. mouth was on fire. I'm also reaching the time that I need to get my antibiotic. Yeah, yeah, In yeah. my body. Okay. So. Okay. Prehydration. So during intermission, I'll probably actually do that. Sounds good. <sighs> I just like, it's wrecking my stomach. Thanks. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Emily. What are you drinking? I have a Topo Chico, a little baby Topo in my hand. Mm-hmm. I haven't had one of these in a while. Well, you had one last week. Well, yeah, I had one. So? Yeah, you had it last week. Yeah, I had all of the drinks last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like, I just, we don't buy these anymore. I used to buy Topo Chicos all the time. Well, they don't sell the little ones anymore, apparently. Apparently. Well, there was a Topo Chico shortage. There still might be a Topo Chico shortage. That's why I have a bottle in my car mm. at the, hey, Chelsea. <laughs> no, it's my turn. Hey, hey, Emily. What are you whining about? No. No, no, no. I no, went no, first no. last I, time. I, no, you did not. I went first last one. I think I thought you were going to go first. It's. You're um, going first this time. Hey, Emily. What? <laughs> That's not how we do this. <laughs> what are you whining about today? This conversation. Uh-huh. Um, my car is in the shop. Tell me more. <sighs> tell me more. Apparently, my car, according to Reddit, has issues with the transmission. And I was on... The interstate, which I never take, going to my nail appointment. And my car started to rattle, and so I was literally pulling into the parking lot anyways. So I went to the parking lot, looked under the hood, because I thought the rattling might have been like the belt got messed up, but mm-hmm. it didn't. The engine looked fine. There was plenty of oil in it. I had just filled it up with gas. So and I turned off the AC, thinking it was that. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to... Leave it. Um, this is still the summer, y'all. This is like... In Texas. Yes. This is... While well, I'm still deaf in my right ear from the ear infection. Anyways, I went and had my nail appointment. It was a real estate thing. 
Um, yes, real estate, we get our nails done. It's great. It's a tax write-off. Um, uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I didn't pay for it. <laughs> um, and I went back out to my car, and it was still shaking violently, so I had to call a tow truck, and it got taken to the dealership because it's still under warranty. And then the dealership ghosted me for 20, or 24 hours. So when I called them finally, they were like, oh, we're closed until Monday. And the when fuck? I tell you I had a 15-minute breakdown when I was at the gym among the heavy weights that I thought about throwing, I didn't. So what's the timeline here? When did this all happen? So this all happened. What day is it today? So Today's like, Sunday. So, but, so this comes out on Thursday. It happened a week ago tomorrow to our listener, listeners. So it happened on Friday. Okay, and they're closed over the weekend. They're closed on Sundays. You didn't call them until... I called them at like 5 o'clock on Saturday. They were supposed to call me. They close at 5 o'clock. I had sass from the... You know what? I like. I was at the point where I almost just wrote a review, a, like a one-star review, saying they'll ghost you for 72 hours. I hope my car is still there. Just to see if they would fucking respond to me. And me being extra salty, I also have an extra set of t- keys because I've never got receipt that they even have my car. Oh. I was there. Like, I know the car is there, but they never, there's like no registration. I didn't get like a number. So I'm like, part of me wants to just go and pick up my car, see if I can drive it and see if they even notice. That's been another thing. I, like, I'm curious if they even know it's there. Damn. So, and so when I called, this was a big, oh God, I called. So I'm like, I'm not opposed to leaving voicemails. So when the person then they were like, we don't come, we don't open again until Monday. So I called the person who was supposed to have my car's direct line and it went to their answering service who I had just talked to, told me it was closed. I was like, hi, I'm trying to leave a voicemail for this person. They're like, oh, he doesn't have voicemail. I was like, well, then I need to leave a message for him to call me on Monday because he was supposed to call me today and I can't get a rental car until he calls me. So that means I'm without a car today. And they go, well, why don't you just call him on Monday? And I, that's when I go, I need this guy to take responsibility for his goddamn job. Ha! And call me ooh, like ooh. he said he would. Well, let's turn that game down. <sighs> oh, she mad. She's the, she's the but, like, tell me, Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. I'm like, we, did, we had a conversation over lunch. I was like, people literally just aren't working and I swear to God that this whole what do I say the male race (laughs) has particularly gotten worse they're already bad anyways she just raged I was the whole like the fact that and then this woman well why don't you just call him Well, if he doesn't have an, a line, if he doesn't have a, a answering machine or a line for me to get a hold of him, okay. Well, I sent a, I sent an email, a strongly worded email. I just said I just don't understand why I I'm like you know I said you said you were gonna call me on on Saturday. It's just meeting expectations, people. It's like don't you know what? This don't is, make promises you can't keep. Exactly. It's like the whole thing is. I always say that I'm really good at managing expectations with my clients. Uh, one of one of the people I worked for once said, like, oh, under-promise and over-deliver. Technically, yes, that is that is how you get mm-hmm. good customer service. It sounds bad, but it's very easy to over-promise something and then not deliver. But the minimum this place should have done was call me when they said they were going to call me. Mm-hmm. And not ghost me the entire day. Yeah. And knowing 
that they were going to be closed the next day and wouldn't be reopened until Monday, knowing that this person is a realtor and doesn't have a car and needs a car to do their fucking job. I don't think they care that you're a realtor. Well, this person didn't do their job. Like, when I went there, they were all just, like, sitting around literally having a smoke. Like, they were, like, watching television. Like, they were all, like, crammed in their little office watching the Astros game. I'm like, y'all, like... (laughs) Hello. Like the diet, like they, that, it was, it was three o'clock in the afternoon. They didn't close until five. I mean, there were still two hours that it was, and they weren't doing anything. And they knew I was like the whole thing. It was just, it was asinine. It was asinine. And I'm like, I'm, she mad. I might just sell my car and get a new one at this point. I'm like, I like, I, I'm, you have to get it back first though. If it's still there with my fucking toilet in the backseat. Oh, that's another thing. And my Topo Chico that's in the backseat. <laughs> she has a toilet in the backseat, y'all. Because I was supposed to, I, I did the adult thing where I called my contractor to replace my toilet. And then my car broke down. The toilet's in the fucking backseat. Because I went and picked it up. Anyways. Hey, Chelsea. That was part two, by the way, from <gasps> last week. Or from next week. I feel like I need to, like, light a candle and breathe it in and cleanse my energy space We right already now. did that. No, I need to do it again. <laughs> that was a lot. I'm so sorry that that. It's happened. just like it's just like in the midst of all this. I also still can't hear out my right ear. Yeah, um, it's been a pretty shitty month for you. Well, huh? yeah, it's just like ever like that's what I was whining about. That's what I whine about next week is like August. I don't know what day well, it is in August. Don't tell them yet. You gotta say well, it for later. later. I'm just saying like I don't know what day it is in August because August has been such shit, such shit. It's the it's the fourteenth. It's the 14th. Is it the 14th? So yes. we're halfway through August and it's just been like continual shit. Yeah. It's like the diarrhea month. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. You know, I was thinking about this. Um, you know how people say like, oh, well, now I'm, I'm getting off my soapbox. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself the other day. I'm like, I'm never on a soapbox. I feel like I'm just always on the shitter. Oh, my God. <laughs> Your soapbox <laughs> is a shitter, Emily. I just was like sitting here. I was like, this is, this is when I start. I write all this stuff down for my future stand-up monologue when i'm on tour as a stand-up that's one of my jokes <laughs> oh my gosh you're not nearly depressed enough to be a stand-up tour comedian i feel like you're joking i feel like there was like a glimmer in your eye it was like <laughs> you're joking i literally have a whole stand-up situation about an mri like i have a monologue about an mri i'm very funny I know you know that. I do. Yeah. I hey, do. Chelsea. Hey, Emily. <sighs> I don't know if I even want to know what you're whining about. I, Can we just bypass yours? <laughs> rude. Rude. What are you whining about? I don't know now. <laughs> Honestly. I, you know, I'll whine about my anxiety. How about that? That makes you feel better. Well, that's, now it seems like the camera's like going I pushed my direction. direction. <laughs> Why? I don't, don't want to see more of me. Uh, you want to finish your whine and then I'll fix it. Uh, no, it's, it's fine. Um, so I, I had really crazy dreams last night, and I think it's just a manifestation of all of my anxiety from work. Work gives me anxiety. I don't want to do it anymore. So, um, I ha- But I had, like, nightmares about the wedding, and that's the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, I've had nightmares about your wedding, too. I'm me. sure you have. No, I was she like, shav. It's like everything was going wrong. Everything was going wrong. But the good thing in this was that, like, at the end, it was just, you know, fuck it let's still get married but like I didn't have a dress 
I put on some like PJs or something. James couldn't <laughs> find his pants, so he had like a little mini kilt, but it was still showing his dick. <laughs> um, wait, wait, this was a nightmare. This was a, no, this was an anxiety nightmare, y'all, because like, we were standing up in front of a bunch of people that I didn't know, and we were in a little tiny cramped house because cool. it was raining at the Renaissance Festival. So okay. we went to somebody's house nearby. Um, the photographer just forgot about our wedding, didn't come, but was going to keep the down payment anyway. What and the fuck? then our backup photographer also forgot about us, but was going to keep our money anyway. And then like couldn't find the rings and couldn't find uh, Jason, who's doing the the uh, the actual ceremony. Couldn't find people. We were just like, yeah, okay, fuck it. We're just going to like hand fast promise to each other in front of all these random strangers. It was, it was weird. I mean, that's what you're going to be doing anyways. Basically, but. yeah. Um, so then I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm glad that was, that's over. And then I fell back asleep at six in the morning, only to have another fucking stress dream about this. Like I was working for a guy out of my parents' house and I don't know what I was doing, but it involved computers. And so I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I quit this job. And I started like smashing all the computers. But apparently they were like drug lords or something, the people I worked for. So I, I there jumped. drugs in the computer? There's, I don't know. There's something about computers and drugs. And like he was very aggressive. And so I was just like, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. And I broke everything. I'm like, I quit. And I left. I got in my I wonder what that's about. I got in my car and um, I, it turns out they had blocked me in. So I'm like hitting the car behind me and hitting the car in front of me to get out of the driveway. And again, this is in my parents' driveway. Oh my God. And I'm like, I'm like smashing into these cars to get out. And I finally get out and I start to go and he, I see like the garage door opening slowly and this guy's in his truck and he's chasing me down. And I'm like, ah, ah, and he's chasing me. And I finally, um, I start to call the police and I was going to go pull into the police, <laughs> the parking the lot. Yeah. And I was trying to remember how to get to the police station from my parents' house. And then I woke up. So I'm looking at my liquor cart. Um, what should we take a shot of? Oh, fuck. I have vodka. I don't care. Literally anything. I have chartreuse. That sounds disgusting. Um, oh, chartreuse shots. You want? I can't. That will make me. Bomb. But do you want that? No. I no. That's like a liquor shot. No, thank you. Anything I'm gonna except go grab, vodka. I'm gonna go call it, grab some liquor. Um, I do whiskey shots real well. If you got right, any whiskey, I'm gonna go grab you some whiskey. <laughs> should we pause this? I think we should pause this. We'll be back. All right. Okay. <laughs> that was enough of that anxiety. Now we have alcohol in hand, and we're gonna take a shot because okay. it's Sunday. Cheers, F you. Eh. This tastes oh like God, jalapenos. That tastes like whiskey. Ah. Yeah, that's because it was whiskey. Ah. <laughs> it makes my tongue feel all sorts of things. Now I can't feel anything on my tongue. Good. La, 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 la. Good. That's exactly what that was for. <coughs> nom, nom, nom. I love that I gave you the alcoholic one. I was like, I'm on antibiotics. So I'm going to take my non-alcoholic one. <laughs> non-alcoholic shot of gin flavor. It tastes like something. It tasted like jalapenos. Oh. Like, uh, like without the spice. Gross. It wasn't bad. I chased it with my hoplark chamomile. Oh, by <laughs> the way, she has more drinks. She uh, has more drinks now. Chim- what was it? Ch- chamomile? Chamomile. Yeah. Oh, man. Chamomile. <laughs> Hello? Are you ready? You know what's amazing? Huh? It, not this week. Um, but 
this musical, this little musical called Spamalot. <gasps> oh, I know her, but I've never seen her. I am still obsessed with her. <laughs> I told Chelsea, I was like, I sat down to watch Spamalot last night and ended up watching Ted Lasso because I wanted to watch Hannah. Because you're super obsessed with Spamalot. No, I'm super obsessed with that woman who played Lady of the Lake. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. She was fabulous. And then she sang on the show. Uh And she's just as amazing as I remember. She she was also in Grey's Anatomy. No, that's, well, that's Samara. No, no, no. This is someone else. Okay. So Sarah Ramirez was on Grey's Anatomy and was the original Lady of the Lake. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about the West End Lady Uh, of the Lake. Gotcha. Who's on Ted Lasso. So tell me about it. All right, so Spamalot. Spamalot's my favorite show ever. Uh Um, I'm overly obsessed with Holy Grail. And what's funny is I had so much pressure to do this episode so perfectly that it's definitely not going to be perfect. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you are a lot like me where you need it to be perfect, so you procrastinate the perfection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because it'll never be perfect. So why why put the effort into it right now? So we're going to... I'm that way. We're going to... The hope for the best. <laughs> um, so there's actually a before show situation that happens in Spam a lot. Okay. A recording encourages members of the audience to let your cell phones and pagers ring willy nilly. <laughs> and comments that they should be aware that there are heavily armed knights on stage that may drag you on stage and impale you. Sweet. That's what I, I remember. That was like one of the first things I remember about Spam a lot. Is it Patty Lapone? No, it's Eric Idle. Oh my God! Who like it's recorded by Eric? No, Idle. no, no. I mean, like, is Patty Lapone one of the knights? Because I feel like that would be like her dream job. Honestly, is to drag people from the audience and impale them when their they cell phone rings. If they had a Patty Lapone like knight. cameo <laughs> as like the knight not hearing that in the would show, make me so happy. It would be hilarious, actually. Ha, TM, that's what you know. That's what we should do. Hmm. Ha. Um. So yeah. So it's literally like we can, afford, we can afford her. Well, just in general, if I ever direct the show. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're like, let it, let them ring. But there are heavily armed knights on stage that may drag you on stage and impale you. I just think it's so funny. So the curtain at this point looks like a drawbridge gate and the overture begins, but there's like a, a parody of there's okay. Um, the do, 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 that. What is that tune? I like, is that, it's not, is Reveille, is it a bugle? No, it's, it's. I don't know what it's called. So, it's the song that's played at the horse track. Yeah, I think that might be what it is. But they, they're doing like soundscapes. So you hear like a lamb that's like, ah. Then you hear, bang. And like a gunshot goes off. And then you hear, then you hear another bang. It goes, so there's like a soundscape of like somebody getting shot. And then the the true overture begins. So I literally go like, there's soundscapes of lambs and someone getting shot and dying. I think I might have found, hold on, wait, what is this song? What is this called? Horse Race Trumpet? I guess. I think it's technically like some sort of bugle. I don't. It's the Kentucky Derby. Is this it? I think it's just a bugle. It's like a bugle of some sort. There's a whole bunch of bugles, Gels. I'm just keep This one. Yeah. It's it's literally just like the Okay, stop. But it's a bugle. Like yeah. we used to, but I think it's a bugle for when I worked at when I was at camp, we had a whole bunch like we used true bugles. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that's like a call call to meet. Um Um because we like of like we have like then we had like soupy. It's like soupy. I think that one might be like call. Like it's like gather. 
Yeah, I think so. Anyways, point is, that's the place. It's called Trumpet Fanfare Horse Race, apparently. Anyways, point is, that happens, and then Overture begins. Oh, it's called the Assembly of the Buglers. So it is assembly. It is an assembly. Okay, I found it. Okay, I found My it. My 11 years at camp taught me that. <laughs> <laughs> taught me to question whether f- or not it was assembly. The first bugle call of the day, and it's a military tune. Yeah. It's the first, yeah, Assembly of the Buglers. So, because we used to, like, we literally used the bugles as, like, so that was the assembly one. We would hear that one four dies, times a day. It's... At camp, it's da da da. Well, that's taps. They would play that at yeah. night. That was lights out. Yeah, my yeah. My sister told me about all that. Uh-huh. They used bugles at at boot camp too. Uh huh. Yeah. We. I mean, I was at camp where I was teaching people how to throw knives, but my yeah. sister was crawling through mud and leading battalions and shit. Yeah, we weren't doing that. <laughs> I had a camper that would go down into the river and try and find crawfish and eat them. Cool. Good um, for them. Wow. <laughs> so. What a weirdo. Cool. I, I, you know what? A lot, a lot of interesting people cross that bridge over to archery and fencing, and I'm not mad about it. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> we we enter Act One. What are you gonna call it? You know, oh God, fuck, pestilence and famine. Pestilence and famine. Eighty percent chance of pestilence and famine. That's what I'm gonna call it. Sounds good. So a historian enters in front of the curtain, which again looks like the drawbridge gate. Um, as the projection actually changes into a map. So he looks like a meteorologist. He's like, England, whatever year he says. I can't remember off the top of my head because I didn't write it down. And it sounds like he's giving like a forecast. He's like, up in the, up in the north, plague. In Essex, Sussex, and Kent, plague. And then he says like, plague with a 40% chance of of pestilence and famine coming in from the northeast at 12 miles per hour. <laughs> um, so he's giving the forecast of like the history of England. And he go but he's the one who introduces King Arthur. Legend tells us of an extraordinary leader who arose from the chaos to unite a troubled kingdom. A man with a vision who gathered knights together in a holy quest. This man was Arthur, King of the Britons. And suddenly the music comes up and we hear, because he ta- he's like, we're, I mean, we're going to talk about England because this is England. And the curtain goes up, the music starts, and all the actors come out and they go, Finland, Finland, Finland. No, no, no. And they Finland. sing the fish slapping song. Here in Finland, boy and girl can find a true romance in traditional Scandinavian day. We're not in Finland. So pretty much what's happened is there was miscommunication between the actors and the narrators. The actors sing this song about Finland and the history of Finland. And they slip slap each other with some fish to flirt. Oh. Yep. It's literally just, they're like, slip, slap, slip, slap, a day, slip, slap, slap, a day, a day. Oh my God. It's very funny. But the historian returns and he's irritated and he goes like, England. And the Finns are like, well, fuck, enunciate. (laughs) And they all leave because they are like, we are not going to talk about England, not Finland. 
So the Finns are pissed and they clear the stage as the as suddenly there's a transition into a new scene. It's an immediate transition. Smoke fills the stage and there's a dreary dark village with the penitent monks, like in the movie, who are hooded in robes and they're chanting a Latin chant. Sanctus Domine, and they're like, no, 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 Domine, smack, and they hit themselves in the faces with books, and they just cross the stage. <laughs> it's like they're only. They're actually there's there's like I know what there's you're a saying. trans there's a trans. Like, you know what? My book is over there. I can probably I'm not read. Gonna stand, I'm going to okay. stand. It's okay. Pause. No, but I know what this is. I want to know what it is. Jesus Christus Domine. Bring out Chitig. Here's one. I'm not dead. Crusantus. Are we so, recording again? Yeah, so okay. I pulled I pulled this, the piano selections from Spavalot's 2005 Tony Award winning Best Musical. And what's <laughs> super funny about this is they're kind of using the ancient chant dictation on here yeah. correctly, yes. sort of, sort, sort of. of, that's funny. I studied chant in college. This is fun. Shockingly. Uh, <laughs> but that's like the towards the end here, what does it say at the end? So it's sacro santus domine, peccavi ignoviunt, Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus Christus domine, Paxo biscum venerunt. We would all be very thrilled in thy mercy to be killed. In thy service we will try to very, very quickly die. Smack. Smack. <laughs> Good job. So those are the monks. And so they just, they cross the stage and enter from this bright light in the back of the stage, Patsy and King Arthur. And Arthur goes through a, a series of horse trots. Patsy. Patsy. So Patsy is King Arthur's servant. Uh, he travels the land with his servant, Patsy, who follows him around banging two coconut shells together to make the oh. sounds of horse hooves as Arthur, quote unquote, rides. So literally they go through like, like we're going to do a little bit of a canter. And like Patsy changes. I can't think how to do it, but changes how it sounds. It's like, and we trot. Or like, I know, right? There is like a, there is a rhythm when horses do different uh-huh. things. Anyways, so, and the audience goes crazy. They're like, oh my God. That's the connection between our two shows. I know. That's why I was like, are you not using coconuts? We thought about it, actually. Uh, so what I think is funny is um, we learn who Arthur is because a sentry yells out from those like little window things that are on the side of the castle. Mm-hmm. And he goes like, hey, who are you? And he goes, I am Arthur, king of the Britons. And they, he sings about how he's trying to find knights for his round table to join him in Camelot. It's an uncredited song. But his, King Arthur is like, we're riding through through <laughs> this is sorry Arthur's like we're riding through uh if, through Britain and he goes riding you have two coconuts he goes we're riding through Britain looking for men and the sentry goes I had a feeling <laughs> <laughs> and, and it turns out they get into this argument because the sentry who's there he's like how did you get the coconuts 
He was like, we found them. You found them? This is a temperate zone. Coconuts are tropical. <laughs> and so he gets into this argument with the sentry, and then another sentry pops up. He goes, it could have been carried by a swallow. <laughs> and so they go into a big, long conversation about the coconuts as King Arthur and Patsy trot off. This is lines. This, is a, this straight up is a scene from the film. So the sentry is on either side of the stage. And to end the scene before the transition, the sentry was like, well, who's that guy? And he goes, oh, he must have been a king. How do you know? Well, he doesn't have shit on him. And it transitions into a man uh, yelling out to bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. And another man with a cart carrying a whole bunch of dead people on the cart. And an, another man who is large, handsome, and incredibly violent. Mm. And he brings out this, this guy behind him, and he goes, I got one. And the guy who was behind him yells out, I'm not quite dead. <laughs> what we learn is the man who's trying to put this not quite dead man on the cart is Lancelot. The man who's doing the collection is Robin. And the man who is not quite dead, his name is Fred. Also known as Not, not dead, dead Fred. Fred. That's cute. It's so funny because Robin goes, Oh, he says he's not dead. Well, give him 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel happy. And as Robin's like, Fine, fine, we'll wait 10 minutes. He puts him up on the cart and lots a lot tells Robin that he's off to Camelot to enlist in what Robin thinks is like a show. With dancing. He goes, no, 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 I'm going to go be a knight. Because he heard about King Arthur wanting knights for oh. Camelot. And Robin's like, oh, I thought there would be dancing. And <laughs> in the meantime, this plague victim's like, I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I feel happy. And when they start talking about the dancing, he goes, well, I can dance. And he sings the song, he is not dead yet. I feel happy. I am not dead yet. I can dance and I can sing. I am not dead yet. I can do the Highland Fling. I am not dead yet. No need to go to bed. No need to call the doctor because I'm not yet dead. He is not yet dead. That's what the teaser said. No, he's not yet dead. That man is always said. He is not yet dead. Put him back in bed. Keep him on the cot because he's not yet So this is Christian Borel. This is like the narrator. And he's just doing every classic Broadway dance move. So he does wings. He does like jazz steps. He does the, um, the Chicago Fosse thing. The, uh, what's it called? Hot honey rag. Yeah. Like he does that part of the dance. Um, and so he has this huge little dance. And he's like, I feel happy. I'm not dead yet. I can dance in my sing. And he does this full little dance break only for Lancelot to grab a shovel and, Hit him across the head with it. In the meantime, all those plague victims who were dead on the cart pop up and are the chorus, like the background singers, like, he is not dead yet. So when he hits him, when Lancelot hits Fred, they go, well, now he's dead. You bashed him on the head. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we know that, like, Fred it's, it doesn't die. He just keeps popping up. <laughs> but we also learn about the, the personalities of Robin and Lancelot. Um... We know that Robin is like wants to dance and sing, where Lancelot is more of a fighter. So they agree to become knights of the Round Table together. 
Lancelot for the fighting and Robin for the singing and dancing. Lancelot's like, you can teach me how to dance. Well, this is Robin and of Lance. Do, 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 do. The scene quickly transitions out of that dance number. We're just, we're just hitting every scene that's in the film. I love it. And a rock is brought on stage. And as Arthur enters from upstage and he goes, old woman. And we hear this person who came out from behind the rock. Man. Realizing that it's not a woman, it's a man. And he goes, oh, sorry, man. Old man. And then the man goes, I'm 27. What? I'm 27. I'm not old. (laughs) (laughs) And Arthur goes, well, I just can't say man. (laughs) What we learn is this, this man who is behind the rocks is Dennis Galahad. Might sound familiar as a knight of the round table. So Galahad. So, Ga- so Arthur is trying to convince this peasant, Dennis, that he, Arthur, who is king of England, uh, needs more knights. And he's like, how do you become king then? And he goes, well, the lady of the lake gave me Excalibur, which is a sword that only the man fit to rule England can wield. However, Dennis is super political and he's like absolutely not the only reason that you're king is because you uh what did he say he goes you exploit the workers that's how you became king and mrs galahad came out and they deny that any king who has not been elected by the people has uh they have no legitimate right to rule over them damn (laughs) i'm like so the argument of how arthur became king exploiting the workers is how he became king and to so to settle the issue arthur summons the lady of the lake (laughs) to convince Dennis to become a knight. And the lady of the lake appears with her Laker girls in the song, Come With Me. And so at this point, Lady of the Lake is summoning Dennis, who is actually quite handsome, and he's like enthralled by her boobs. Um, (laughs) And so they go off stage, and the Laker girls give a little cheer for Arthur. uh, Pretty much to say, like, he's King Arthur in the song Laker Girls Cheer. Then this song ends, a an automatic boat appears from upstage with the lady of the lake who's kind of dressed like a mermaid, um, and Dennis, who has now been turned into Sir Galahad, which is he's known for having like the white um the white whatchamacallit shirt with the red cross on it that takes up the whole thing. Oh. And together yeah. they sing a very generic Broadway love song called The Song That Goes Like This. I can't believe there's more. It's far too long, I'm sure. That's the trouble with this song. It goes on and on and on. 
see a chandelier that bursts when they hit the high notes at the end and as i said before the automatic boat like they have in like fan of the opera and it literally the song just like keeps it just it never ends it's just it's key change after key change after key change this is just like an homage to to broadway yes okay it's very funny it's very funny because she's like uh, at one point they now we're into e oh that's awfully high for me as anyone can see we should have stayed in d hmm it's all just innuendos. I love, I love this musical. <laughs> it's silly. It sounds silly. I think I would enjoy it. It's so stupid. I love it. Okay. So the song does eventually end with the chandelier busting and breaking. And off the, the stage is cleared. The, the um, curtain comes down and the narrator shows up in that little weird window thing and introduces the Knights of Camelot. So... They are joined by Sir Robin and Sir Lancelot, who we met earlier. And when Lancelot comes out, so Galahad's already out on stage because he just finished his song. And when Lancelot comes out, he, like, gets really close, like, butt humps Galahad. Galahad's like, the fuck off me. (laughs) Um, Lancelot's described as the homicidally brave. And um, I think Galahad's, like, Sir not so brave as Sir Lancelot. Um, and then they also have Sir Bedivere and the aptly named Sir not appearing in this show. <laughs> That's who Patty Lapone should be. Absolutely. Um, but usually the knight resembles Don Quixote, and he promptly apologizes for even showing up on stage and leaves. And these knights are the ones who make up the round table, and they sing about it in the song All for One. All for one and one. None for none Slightly less for people we don't like And a little bit more for me This song is very much like a... I didn't even know how to describe it. I was like, it's like a cigar lounge hoedown number. (laughs) Like, it's like, we are friends. We are friends. Like, it, it's very just deep and manly, and they stand in a line with their, like, one hand on the shoulder, and they do, like, a weird walk with the other side. Even though they're, like, the knights of the round table? Yeah. <laughs> and then they literally just, like, make lines and then make circles. That's the choreo. Oh, okay. Um, but they're, like, the song is all for one. They go, like, all for one, one for all. Slightly less for people we don't like, and a little bit more for me. <laughs> I relate to that song. <laughs> Same. <laughs> You're cutting the cupcake in half, but really it's in uh, three-fourths and a quarter. <laughs> you would get the quarter, so there's a little bit more for me. Oh, God. <laughs> so stupid. So the knights have showed their camaraderie in the song All for One, and the five knights gather in Camelot, which looks a lot like Las Vegas. Yay! So it looks like the Las Vegas is Camelot-inspired Excalibur Resort. <laughs> so each, so they're like, Camelot, do-do-do-do-do, da-da-da-da-da-da, Camelot. 
And the curtain comes up. That's It's shut for this transition. So it comes up, and there's large dice everywhere. It looks like a giant casino. And the Lady of the Lakes Lake is headlining for the castle as the main entertainment. And at one point, um, they're singing, like, Camelot, right? It's the same song. Well, the song is called, sorry, I realized I just got off, totally off track. The song is called Knights of the Round Table. In the film, there is a very brief musical break where the where all the knights are like, we're knights of the round table, we dance whenever able, we do good deeds. Yeah. And at one point, this man goes, um, there's like this pause, and the music goes, do I have to push the prem a lot? Uh-huh. So that does happen in this musical. They pretty much are just, there's a bunch of props and words that rhyme with Camelot. So we have Pramalot and wait for it. Spamalot. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, they eat ham and jam and Spamalot. But when they talk about the Pramalot, a pram is pushed on stage and all the Laker girls swing their legs out and have a sexy dance as a Liza Minnelli-esque Lady of the Lake appears to sing the song, the song that goes like this, Reprise. Oh, every show that's what I was singing earlier right when right. I was when you almost bit my head off um, <laughs> this is a song I know what you're It's very funny. No, I did. Her outfit is fantastic at this point. So when she comes out, like she, she was kind of in that little mermaidy outfit, right? Mm-hmm. For this, she's in a completely like sequined silver jumpsuit with like this, the tinsel hair mm-hmm. wig that's just silver and straight. Ugh, she looks so good. I'm like, I want to be her. So in the midst of all their revelry, they are contacted by God, which is a recording voiced by John Cleese of the original <gasps> Monty Python troupe. John Cleese. And then Eric Idle in the version that toured the UK. Yay. And he tells them they need to locate the Holy Grail. So all the knights are like, oh, oh, fuck God. Oh, and they're averting their eyes. And at one point, God's <laughs> like, what are you looking at? He's like, I'm averting my eyes, sir. Stop doing that. Stop looking up my skirt. Oh, my God. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and then he's like, um, at one point, Arthur agrees that what God's doing is a good idea. And he goes, of course it's a good idea. I'm God, you stupid tit. <laughs> <laughs> I love, oh God, it's just so funny. Uh, so they're all on stage freaking out about God, who is pretty much, it's like clouds in the, in the fly of the stage. 
thunder, there's projections, and you see this grail kind of fall from the sky. And he is urged, like, so God's like, you need to find the grail, you need to find the grail. So they're urged on by the Lady of the Lake in the song, Find Your Grail. So be strong, keep right on. It's a song that Chelsea sings a lot. I do. Find your grail. Yes, that's the part. Find your grail. Because it's very like, if you trust in your soul, keep your eyes on the goal. It's very much a ballad until we get to like the power bit at the end. It's a power ballad for show. And the night's set off. So in the film, at this point, so if we're relating it to the film, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, um... At this point in the film, like, there's usually a book, and they're, like, they start to go through, they're, like, they turn the page, and it's a new knight's adventure. Um, so, really, the knights will eventually break off. So, this is the, they turn the page, and it's what the knights will do next. So, the knights set off, and they travel through the land um, until they reach a castle. Turns out this is the French castle. And they're viciously, viciously taunted by the lewd French soldiers. And they're like, <laughs> they just yell out stupid little comments about King Arthur and the knights. About like, your mom is a, is a hamster, or whatever they say. I can't, yeah, yeah. Of course, like, I can't remember any of the lines right now that I recited all through my childhood. I'll and, look them up. Thanks. And they, so the knights are like, okay, you know what? They all run away. Like, run away, run away. And Sir Bedivere has this great idea. He's like, what if we all have like a large wooden rabbit? So they retaliate by sending the French a large wooden rabbit in the style of a Trojan horse. So the French accept the rabbit through their gates. However, the knights are not inside the rabbit. <laughs> So, as you know, the Trojan horse, like, the the fighters got inside the horse, gifted uh, them the horse, and then at night they all came out and fought from inside. But, uh, yeah, the, the knights realized that they can't just leave a rabbit and walk away. They should have been inside of it. And so they feel defeated, so they leave in a hurry when the French begin taunting them again, sending can-can dancers after them and throwing barnyard animals, <laughs> including a cow, in the song, Run Away. Run away, run away, run away from the stench and the trenches. Run away, run away, from these horrible, nasty old trenches. These frogs with their terrible prattle are fighting a battle with cattle. We're all full of fear, so let's get out of here. Run away, run away, run away. You English are a bugger folk, your mothers are a got one what are some of their taunts i fought in your general direction your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries Bear, yeah i was like i know there's a hamster involved yep i fought i fought in your general direction i fought in your general also direction. their costume the french costumes i think are so funny <laughs> so these knights they have like polka dots <laughs> like so it's like a black black 
armor, but it has literal like white polka dots all over. (laughs) (laughs) So Arthur and his followers managed to run into safety in the wings before the French catapult the Trojan rabbit at them. Thus ending act one. Oh, that was short. We're stuck in a nasty position. Why don't you take a short intermission? Have a drink and a pee. We'll be back for act three. Two, sir. Two. Antibiotics are giving me a tummy ache. Retro. For my stupid ear infection. Boo. Hey. Hey. It's time for act two. Sorry. My like, oh my God. I don't have a car. So of course work is like, you need to go and do all this stuff. I'm like, I don't have a car. Uber. So, Uber. I've already spent over a hundred dollars on Uber. All of. In the past two days. Yes. Do you see my dog right now? No. We need to record, though, Olive, so you're going to have to hold it, bitch. You got to hold it. Jesus Christ. Chelsea got to go. She just stuck her head out my door, and she couldn't push the door open. You cute, but sit down. So, we're in Act 2. Which I'm going to call expensive. Okay. Okay. So, after the whole... Trojan rabbit situation, the knights all split up. So as I said in Act One, in the film there was that book that they they there's a book that they flip through. So this is when we start to get like broken off into everyone's different stories. So we're at the chapter with Sir Robin for Act Two. Sir Robin is going through the forest with his minstrels. <laughs> um Can I be one of them? One of the minstrels. I am minstreling right now. Oh my gosh! You know what? I keep I keep trying to split them up faster than they are. No, they're still not. They're still split up. So Sir Robin, he's with his minstrels, and they sing the song "Bravely Bold Sir Robin." He was not in the least bit scared to be mashed into a pulp, or to have his eyes gouged out and his elbows broken, to have his kneecap split and his body burned away, and his limbs all hacked and mangled. Brave Sir Robin. Bravely bold Sir Robin goes forth from Camelot. Um, and we get to hear about how Robin, like, shat himself. <laughs> They're, like, um, making fun of him yes, throughout the are. entirety of the song, right? Yes. He's like, hey, that's not nice. Yes. Stop it. Cut it out. If you want to look up some of the lines, it is in there. Oh, you hit Sorry, I hit your mic. In the meantime, um, they're actually being followed by King Arthur and Patsy into a dark and very expensive forest. So at this point, there's um, projections on the stage of trees. And when the narrator says dark and expensive, very expensive story, forest, I saw it in the West End, a whole bunch of sterling pound signs popped up on the trees. Because <laughs> it was expensive. Um, Arthur later says that they're in a dark and extremely expensive forest. And, um, they are then separated while they're in the forest. And King Arthur meets a terrifying but silly knight named, or they're called the knights who say knee. Knee. And <laughs> the knights who say knee. 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 No. 
I guess he's still with Bedivere. And these knights who say knee, they demand a shrubbery. Um, but Arthur's like, I, I don't know if we can find one. He despairs about finding a new a shrubbery as the Knights of Knee come off the stage. But Patsy tries to cheer him up by singing the song, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. If life seems jolly rotten, there's something you've forgotten. And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing. When you're feeling in the dumps, don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle, that's the thing. And always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the right side of life. Always look on the bright side of life. Which, if you're a Python fan, you know that. Oh, I got all mixed up. I'm so sorry. Well, I just realized something, but we'll get there in just a second. It's from Life of Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought, I like never knew what that song was, but it was one of my favorite songs, but I can't whistle, so I can't sing it. <laughs> yeah. And in the midst of the song, a woman comes by who's selling a shrubbery. Hey, look at that. So they get a shrubbery and they take it to the Knights Who Say Knee and all is appeased. Sir Robin, who again, he is wandering through the forest with his minstrels. <laughs> Who are singing to him, Brave Sir Robin. Bravely bold Sir Robin comes forth from him a lot, blah. Um, and he encounters the Blake, the Blicknicht. Blicknicht. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I can't fucking talk. Okay. He encounters the Black Knight who scares him off, so he runs off. Um, but King Arthur happens upon the scene, and this Black Knight, it's played by the gut man who's playing Bedivere. And he's the one who's like, you cannot pass. Thou shall not pass. He goes, I'm going to fight you. And he ends up cutting off his arms. His one arm. He goes, he's but a flesh wound. Eventually, Arthur literally cuts off all of his limbs. And how they do this on stage, because they do it on stage. It happens. It's like he's up against like a wall. Oh, okay. And so this wall comes out and the knight's costume is like on the wall. Um, I think at one point, because the knight's walking around, but then backs up against the wall, and the actor comes out of the costume and then has his head through the hole. Mm-hmm. So every time he he's like, it's more like a, more or less a puppet at that point. Yeah. So he takes the arm out and it pops off and blood splatters and there's like confetti, and then the other <laughs> arm pops <laughs> up. So eventually, it's just the torso kind of just like hanging on the wall. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and I guess it's a door, not a wall. And, um, so he's impaled and the knights are able to go and give the knights of knee their shrubbery. The knights accept the shrubbery, but next demand that King Arthur put on a musical and bring it to Broadway or in the UK, the West End. And then when it was on tour, they said it has to be a Broadway musical, implying that they need only Broadway style, but not any Andrew Lloyd Webber. (laughs) Wow, called out. Um, The mere mention of his name causes everyone to cover their ears and scream in pain. (laughs) (laughs) Sir Robin, who has found Arthur by this point, insists that it would be impossible for them to accomplish this next task because, okay, I'm going to say this, it's gotten changed since this. They can't put. They can't accomplish this task because they need Jews for a successful Broadway or West End musical. Okay. In the song, you won't succeed on Broadway. 
They won't care if it's witty or everything looks pretty. They'll simply say it's shitty and refuse. Nobody will go, sir. If it's not kosher, then no show, sir. Even Goyim won't be dim enough to choose. Put on shows that make men stare with lots of girls in underwear. You may even have the finest of reviews. You're doing great! But the audiences won't care, sir, as long as you don't dare, sir, to open up on Broadway if you don't have any Jews. Oh, my God. Um, or on in the West, I was like, you won't succeed in showbiz, which eventually is what it got changed to. So, it, I mean, okay. it's all a parody, right? Yeah. Like, what's the lie, really? <laughs> A lot of people on Broadway are of Jewish heritage. Huh. So it is, and it's it's just saying, like, it pretty much just talks about how you, like, you can't succeed on Broadway if you don't have any Jews. Do, 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 At one point, um, there is a bottle dance that is from Fiddler on the Roof. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of bottles, it is the grails. And um, so King, Arthur, and Patsy promptly set off in search for Jews. To put on this Broadway musical. Um, so side note, in other countries that don't have a tradition of Jews in theater, the lyrics um, are, you won't succeed on Broadway, are sometimes changed instead of, um, instead to describe a high production standards and acting talent needed for stage and a successful musical in that country. So for example, in South Korea, Sir Robin sings about recent successful musicals that were staged um, in Seoul during the previous decade. Hmm. Meanwhile, members of the ensemble appear on stage dressed as various characters from those musicals. Among these characters, um, you'll have like a cat from Cats. Uh, you'll have, what is it, Kinnicky mm-hmm. from Greece, Kim from Miss Saigon, Fan of the Opera, Velma Kelly from Chicago. And the original version of the song Sir Robin in the entire ensemble end the number with a song and a dance routine. <laughs> so... So we learned at the beginning that Sir Robin likes to sing and dance. Mm-hmm. So naturally he's like, you have to, this is how you do it. The stage is cleared and suddenly we see a leg pop out from stage left, but it's not the leg of Black Knight. It is in fact <laughs> the leg of the Lady of the Lake who comes out to sing the song, Whatever Happened to My Part. I might as well go to the pub. They've been It seems to me they've really lost the plot. Whatever to my, I'll call my agent, damn it. Whatever to my. Because what we realize is we're halfway through Act Two, and we haven't seen Lady the Lake has not been in at all. However, she had bajillion numbers in Act One. Uh huh. So that's all, like that's kind of the joke that we talked about two weeks ago. Is that uh, origi- in the original version of Spamalot, Lady of the Lake had seven numbers in Act Jesus. One, and then had like this one in Act Two. Mm-hmm. So this is a like diva Sarah Brightman moment, where she's like, "Whatever happened to my pot?" And she sings about the um, the knights looking for a shrubbery. <laughs> That's one of like whenever I perform the song, that's that's the part that I change mm-hmm. to like make it make sense for for whatever where, audience yeah. is there. Like I talked about the queens tucking mm-hmm. when I sang it last, that mm-hmm. no one listened to because they are too focused on Olive. Um, yeah, <sighs> Olive is cute. It's really funny. Tucking. 
Well, also, the mics were not super well-balanced. I couldn't hear you. Oh, did no one hear that part? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm so clever. I didn't understand it. Ah, oh, fuck. It was very... I made a very clever... I wish I wrote it down. Like, very clever iteration of that part of the song mm. that I changed, much like the uh, Church of McAllen. Ooh! <laughs> Yikes! Well, but nobody's paying for those tickets. No one's paying so for those tickets. Ain't nobody paying for those. It's a parody of a parody. Yep. <laughs> So she say, she finishes up her power ballad, and Sir Lancelot receives a letter. He so he shows up on stage, and he receives this letter as he's out with his, um, his servant whose name escapes me for some reason. Concord, that's his 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 psychic Concord. So he's out with Concord, who's giving him his coconuts, and he receives a letter very suddenly from a young damsel in distress, and he's very surprised to find. Well, sorry. He's, he gets this letter from the damsel in distress, so he is off to save the damsel. When he arrives at the castle, and I think it's the Swamp Castle, he realizes the damsel is not a young lady, but is an effeminate young man named Prince Herbert. In the song, Where Are You? Slash Here Are You? My heart is true, but where are you? Only you can quench the fire. Where are you? Where Stop it! Stop all that singing! Where are you? Where are you? So Herbert is Christian Borle, who is the narrator. So we haven't really heard much from the narrator. So we hear, so when he's singing the song and his overbearing music hating father, the king of the swamp castle is forcing Herbert into an enraged marriage with this woman who has huge chucks of lead. <laughs> as he talks about her boobs. And as Herbert is asking Lamelot, Lamelot, wow, Lancelot to help him escape, the king of the swamp castle cuts the rope that Herbert is hanging from, and uh, Herbert falls to his death. It's funny, I just realized the parallel that that's also not dead Fred. Aww. Huh. Anyways, Lancelot is a little puzzled by the king's actions because he just, like, killed his son. But it's, re- it's revealed that Herbert was actually saved at the last minute by Lancelot's sidekick, Concord. Yay, Concord! Yay, Concord! So the king asks his son how he was saved exactly, to which Herbert replies happily with a song. But the king, so he goes like, I, I like to sing. And the king's like, no, and charges at his son with a, a spear preparing to kill him, but Lancelot steps in and saves him and then gives a tearful, heartfelt speech about sensitivity to the king on Herbert's behalf. And then... Lancelot is suddenly outed as a homosexual in the process. What? As an announcement to celebrate, as the announcement is celebrated in a wild disco number in the song, His Name is Lancelot.
Lancelot. The homicidally brave Lancelot turns out to be a homosexual. Good for him. It's funny because Herbert, because this song is sung by Herbert, who is Christian Borrell, mm-hmm. who's the narrator. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much just be like, Lancelot, just something, something, can fess up. He, he what? He, so Herbert's trying to out Lancelot. Like, oh, okay. in the song. Okay. Because um, Lancelot, That's I think rude. he says, like, oh, you're gay. He's like, what? what? And then Herbert sings the song to Lancelot. So at the end of it, he goes, um, you can come out and say that you are G-A-Y-M-C-A. You're gay. <laughs> and it's these can-can guys with, like, their shirts and all glossy and, like, Cute. beautiful and rippling abs. And at one point, they actually pull... Lancelot's like pants mm-hmm. and he has little tiny white cute <laughs> you know the chaps it's yeah. just it's very it's a very it's one of my favorite numbers in the entire show I don't I, when I was young I was like oh my god they said cake oh my god <laughs> little baby Emily oh man I loved that and I loved the the Jew song because they were so racy <laughs> I liked I liked that they were controversial oh I'm sure you did I was like oh oh man <laughs> They said that. They I said knew, that. I knew it was always going to be a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> the scene quickly transitions to King Arthur, who is again in his um, expensive forest. And he begins to give up hope of ever putting on a Broadway musical and laments that he is all alone no. with Patsy beside him. But he is all alone. But Patsy's been with him the entire time in the song, I'm All Alone. We must be lonely side by side. It's a perfect way to hide. We're all alone. Yes, all alone. Each by ourselves, we're all It's one of the one of the lines in this this uh, song is like, together side by side, it's a perfect way to hide. We're all alone. <laughs> I think I had that in my favorite quotes on Facebook for a while. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but the lady of the lake appears and tells Arthur that he is not alone, and the knights have been um, in a Broadway musical this whole time. Yes. <gasps> Insert gasp here. And in some productions, she also points out that Patsy is with Arthur, which Arthur claims that he sees Patsy as family and thus doesn't always consider him as a separate person. Aww. Patsy, (laughs) he's like, well, if we're in a musical, we need to have Jew. And Patsy goes, well, I'm half Jewish. Oh, my God. But he didn't want to say anything because Arthur's like, why didn't you tell me? (laughs) And Patsy goes, that's not really something you say, uh... You say to a heavily armed Christian in the <laughs> Oh, my God. And um, so that's all that's left is for King Arthur to find the grail that they have been, they say about in Act 1, mm-hmm. and to marry someone. So after picking up some not-so-subtle hints, Arthur decides to marry the Lady of the Lake after he finds the grail. So he's like, I'm going to marry you. And they sing the song twice in every show. Twice in every show, there comes a song like this. It starts off soft and low, and ends up with a kiss. And this is the scene 
So Lady Lake is like, I thought you would never ask to marry me. But he has to find the Grail before he can do that. So Arthur is suddenly reunited with his knights and Arthur meets Tim the Enchanter, which I completely forgot about this part. Um, Tim the Enchanter warns them of the dangers of this killer rabbit. The killer rabbit will bite the head off of any knight, which it does. And Arthur uses the holy hand grenade of... Uh, Antioch against it, knocking down any nearby hill and revealing that the evil rabbit was actually a puppet controlled by a surprise puppeteer. <laughs> it's like a really quick, like they have to get that little bit of the yeah, movie in. I remember that part. So the large stone um, block showing a combination of letters and numbers is revealed behind. So when he threw the holy hand grenade, the wall falls, the, pu- the guy with the puppet's like, fuck runs off stage, but they have this projection still, right? And this rock falls, and it says something on it that says where the grail should be. Well, it changes in every performance, but as it turns out, what it says correlates with a chair in the audience. So whenever I wanted to go to Spamalot, I wanted to sit in the seat D1. They're like, done, done. What does that mean? It's D1. And they ran out to the stalls, and there is a grail underneath that chair. Oh, my God. So there's a whole bunch of options. So you know what? We're just going to reveal this. Um, in the Broadway production or on tour, it was either A101, B101, C101, or D101. So seat 101, which is house right in the center aisle, or rows A, B, C, or D. Hmm. In the West End, it was done, cone, or bone. Referring to D1, C1, and B1, respectfully. So those are the seats, if you ever go. Try and be in the first few rows nearest to the orchestra. That's where you sit. Because that person who's been sitting on the grail gets to go up on stage and get a picture with the cast. Oh, my God. (laughs) So naturally, that's exactly what I wanted. Of course you do. (laughs) So um, after pondering that final clue, Arthur admits that they're a bit stumped with the clue thing and asks God to give them a hand. So uh, a large hand comes from the little projector, very much a projection um, and points to the audience when Arthur realizes that the letters and numbers refer to a seat number. <laughs> so the girl is found. It says it's with a sleight of hand, so it hasn't necessarily been under the seat the whole time, but mm-hmm. still. Um, and the person sitting in the seat is rewarded with a small trophy and a, Polaroid photo in the song The Holy Grail. So you see, it's all a show, happy ending and all, and that just makes me want to sing when you're lost on life's trail and you feel doomed to fail. Do not Find your mail, find your mail, that's your grave. Just think, Herbert, in a thousand years' time, this will still be controversial. 
And I too have found my grail What's that? Musical theater You can sing, you can dance And you won't soil your pants In your white tie and tail Find your grail, find your grail I wanted the Polaroid. Aww. <laughs> I didn't care about the trophy. So at this point, they found the, gra- the grail, so Arthur asks the Lady of the Lake to marry him, and she reveals that her name is actually Guinevere. Guinevere! <gasps> Shock! Lancelot marries Herbert, who has had his fa- chance to sing, and Sir Robin decides to pursue a career in musical theater. And Herbert's father attempts to interrupt this whole situation um, and this is all happening in the song Act 2 finale Always look on the bright side of life Find your grail Find your Stop that! Stop it! No more bloody singing! So the Herbert's father <laughs> like runs out during the finale. He's like, "Stop all this bloody singing!" And Lancelot takes a shovel and knocks him up, up the head. A nod Good. to he is not dead yet. Good. And that is Spamalot. Whoo! <laughs> a lot just happened. That was a lot. It's I need a, a nap. I know. <laughs> a lot happens. It's it's because like even in the film, it's like Rocky Horror. Mm-hmm. Like you get to the second half of the film and you're like. They're fitting a lot of jokes in rapidly. Rapidly. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, I remember in the film when Lancelot's like running to Swamp Castle and like he just keeps getting further away and they keep replaying the clip. Yep. They're like, Doo-doo-doo-doo. and then oh suddenly he's at the tassel. Uh, it's funny. They don't really get, they don't lean into the gay thing with Lancelot in the film. That was added for the musical. Yeah. I love this musical. Lady of the Lake, I want to be here so bad. Sounds like a fun role. It's such a fun role. It's like one of the only female roles. Yeah. Well, because everyone else is a dancer. Gross. Who slip slapped the fish at the beginning. And then Lady of the Lake dancer. The Lake girls. And mm-hmm. then the Pramalot girls from Camelot. And then in Act 2, they're like, they're not really there. <laughs> Those are some of the best tracks, though. Yeah. Well, they do come on for Succeed, in, uh, succeed on Broadway. I mean, you still get, like, paid those rates, those, <laughs> those great rates. Those great rates. <laughs> to sit backstage. Those weekly grades. I mean, that, uh-huh. that does kind of suck, though, because, like, it's not like you can go grocery shopping. Like, you have well, to sit back there. Yeah, I guess so. But they can go play and stuff, like, on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, that's true. Makes it fun. Take a nap. Take a nap. <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what Patty did during, what was it, Les Mis, right? I can't remember. I think we had said Patty Lapone was Fontaine. Yeah. And she went and took a nap and then like several times only missed, like almost missed her time on stage. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's what, what's his face? I think Michael said that Michael to said. us. Yeah. yeah. That sounds familiar. <laughs> that sounds familiar. That yeah. sounds like something I would fucking yeah, do. Yeah, I would do that. <laughs> Same. But you know who wouldn't take a nap on us? I don't actually to. believe that they wouldn't, but they're, yes, our patrons. They're welcome to take a nap chance. on us. Our patrons, yes. Take a nap on us, meaning the podcast. Meaning the podcast, yes. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who 
you would like to join our patrons, you can join them at patreon.com slash wines and dolls where you can see our video, which I mean, we this this recording is only an hour long, but they're getting an hour and a half long video. I don't really know what we did. We talked, <laughs> we, we, there was some tea on the Hamilton and oh, Bridgerton yeah. musicals. Yeah. Yeah. See, you get all that, that extra content just kind of put in there. I feel like we need to start calling, they're called uncut, but I still, I kind of like the uncork situation. Sure. You know, whatever I decide to call it when I'm editing on Wednesday night, 3 o'clock in the morning. 3 o'clock, yeah. <sighs> but you can join them on patreon.com slash wines and dolls. But if you'd like to support us in and or situation in other ways, you can go anywhere you're listening to this podcast currently and press follow or subscribe. And if you're on Apple or Spotify, please scroll down and press the star to the right and leave us a review sorry you caught me in i caught you in a yawn, yawn. i'm shocked i was like what the I'm fuck so just happened i'm so tired you it's, opened up your soft palate it's nap time mm, nappy time i have to go to the gym mm-hmm. <sighs> anyways uh what else do i say oh if you would like to follow us on the social medias you can find us at wines and dolls on instagram facebook and twitter we probably spend most of our time on instagram that's where most of our updates show up. And we do want your listener stories. Please. Please. It's burped. Yes, please send us your listener stories. Um, we have a big bag for it next week, too. But we keep in mind that our hiatus is the month of September. And if we get listener stories, you may or may not get some bonus episodes later in the year. So send them to us. You can send it to us at winesanddolls at gmail.com or send it to us on our website at winesanddolls.com. Yes. And, of course, with any other information, just go to winesanddolls.com. We're there somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. You have to look, but, you know, we're there. Like, I like yeah. I just got charged for the domain again, so we better be there. Tee And with that. I am Chelsea. I'm Emily. This has been. Wine and. Dolls. Bye. Bye.